Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. We are live right now on the Edgework Twitter channel, Twitter account, as well as the Edgework YouTube channel. And just a reminder to people right away here, if you are watching on Twitter and you want to comment or have questions you want to interact with the chat or us during the live show make sure to head over to youtube because unfortunately we will not be able to see those comments on twitter in real time but we will be able to see them on youtube so we will do our best to get to those so you can head over there turn on notifications and hit subscribe so that you get notified every single time that we go live on this channel monday through friday at 10 30 a.m eastern time today i'm joined by alex b smith at ax smith sports on twitter and and as always, every Friday, Rob Pozzola at Rob Pozzola on Twitter. Smaller slate of games here tonight, guys, so we can get a little bit more in depth with them. Uh, not going to touch too much on last night, but we did get to see a couple of blowout games. And I'm going to ask you right off the top, Jack Campbell in Edmonton. Little bit of a disaster right now. I talked about it on yesterday's show. There was a report on the NHL Network, an article that came out that made me laugh, especially as a Leafs fan, and it was... Is there a way for the Edmonton Oilers to trade Jack Campbell back to the Maple Leafs? Um, ridiculous reports. There's no chance of that happening, but it was hilarious that that's something that's even coming out on the NHL network at all. I just want to talk about this a little bit here. Rob, is there any reason for the Oilers to kind of get into a position or a mindset or Oilers fan base to say like, we are in panic mode, we need to fix this? Can Jack Campbell right the ship? Like, What do you make of the situation in Edmonton right now? Well, obviously, um, you know, Edmonton, another big hockey city, this, the fans are not going to take a 7-2 loss all that well. And it's going to be the blame game. Uh, I went through Oilers Twitter last night. Not only is Campbell getting blamed, but you even see Connor McDavid getting blamed because he can't play defensively, which it's like the guy's got 15 goals in 15 games. I'll give him some slack for not being able to be the best defender in the league. But um, the thing with Jack Campbell is, and obviously this hits home as a, as a Leafs fan, he played very, very well to start last year, but the latter half of the year, he was horrible. One of the worst goalies in the entire league. And we're seeing an extension of that come over into Edmonton this year. And on top of that, I, I mean, it's it's kind of narrative-y. I hate to say it, but he doesn't seem to have the mental, like he, he gets into these funks, these mental funks, especially where he gets down on himself and they have to try to work him through that. I would have yeah. never left him in for seven goals ever, ever, ever. I think that's just a disaster waiting to happen the lucky thing for Edmonton is I mean we don't know what Stuart Skinner is necessarily but he's played very well this year it's not like they have nobody to fall back on just yet Skinner has been like absurdly good in the six games that he's played so they at least have an option that they can go to if Campbell can't get out of this the problem is obviously going to be that Campbell contract going forwards which is uh I mean it's a lengthy one it's at a, a you know pretty high uh salary as well so that's the issue there. But, I mean, Edmonton's going to be fine. They're going to figure stuff out. They have weaknesses just like most of the teams in the NHL do. But when their offense is clicking, they'll win a bunch of high-scoring games. And you can win high-scoring games in the NHL. It's still a win. You don't have to win every game 3-1. So, um, obviously, you know, sky is falling there right now. But they'll be okay. They have a, a bunch of great talent up front. They just got to survive these injuries and, and get even just slightly better goaltending. 
Yeah, and a great point mentioned with, with Stuart Skinner. Like you said, he's really stepped up in that backup role where we didn't really know what much would we get out of him. And, and with Campbell, I, I'm stunned personally because I thought going from one high-pressure situation playing in Toronto to another in Edmonton, I thought he'd be able to kind of, you know, like you said, handle it between the ears a little bit better. But he like said with the injuries they're having and, and defense just not being there at, at all times, he goes through these waves, and right now he's just trending downward. All right, four games on the schedule here tonight, so let's get into it right away. First game up on the docket, a team that themselves is having a little bit of a goalie issue and not necessarily because of guys not performing, but guys who just can't be in the lineup. And that's the Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Sam Sonoff was back on the ice. Matt Murray, there was rumors around that he may be playing tomorrow night after Chalgren gets a start here tonight. I wouldn't be jumping to rush him back. Uh, as someone who watches the Leafs basically every game, uh, just a narrative situation, I would be sitting here going, hey, put Petrozelli in there tomorrow and just make the team play in front of him more than anything and be like, all right, let's see what you got. Uh, obviously, that's probably not going to be the case especially because they're trying to just get some wins at this point but looks like Eric Chalgren's going to go in here uh in this game here tonight and Jari expected on the other end for Pittsburgh now the Penguins right now five six and two seventh in the Metropolitan Division and this is a team where if you're listening to sports radio depending on where you are they're kind of talking about at what point do the Penguins say hey we're going to wave the white flag and we just can't win this year I mean Alex, do you kind of think that maybe this Penguins team could trend in that direction where they just say like, hey, this isn't going to work out, like let's trade some pieces, or are they going to scratch and claw to get back into the race here? I think they're going to try to scratch and claw, but they got way too many veterans to just automatically just dump off everything right now at this point. But they, they got to get the you know the boat going in the, in the right direction right now. They got that win against Washington in the seven-game losing streak. Now yeah. the, this is a, a big test for them to you know a, a step up in class, in my opinion, because I don't, I don't think Washington is really that good. They're you know, one of the slowest teams in the league. Uh, I think you know, this would be a, a bigger test. And, you know, honestly, like I said, defense is going to be a priority for both clubs. Uh, in this game. I like the under in this spot a little bit, but uh, I, I think yeah, Pittsburgh, they've got at least another month to try to get things going in the right direction. Now, after that, you know, of course, you always say American Thanksgiving is kind of the, the barometer of whether teams are you know, going to make the playoffs or not. I think they kind of have to file, fall through that line. If they aren't really getting back toward the top of the Metro in the next couple of weeks, then they might have to start looking at, at things in a different direction. Yeah, and Rob, like this Leafs team, though, when you're going up in this situation, I mean, Alex touched on the seven-game losing streak, gets snapped in the game against Washington, so you kind of don't really know what to make of that from the Penguins because, hey, Washington isn't that great of a team, so it is a good bounce back, but yeah, it's not necessarily the greatest barometer of success for them in that one, but this Leafs team... They have always been and they continue to be unreliable in some of these situations where it's a game where, hey, you've got some some rest here. You've got your guy, at least in terms of Chalgren as a guy you can trust back there for the most part. But going up against the Penguins here, you can't necessarily say, oh, this is a game the Leafs should win, can you? No, I don't think so. And I, I honestly think that the Penguins record is not indicative of how they've played so far this year. I've watched a few Penguins games where I think they, they came up on the wrong end of basically some bad bounces and overall they've played fairly well the market obviously hasn't lost confidence in the penguins the way that they've been priced in recent games as well i think they're still being priced as a top 10 team i would agree with that um one thing to keep an eye out here though is pittsburgh does play tomorrow night again in montreal so they do have the back-to-back -back. DeSmith smith won the last game for them against washington i would expect jari tonight 
but maybe there's a chance they just ride the hot hand and say, hey, DeSmith got us that win. Let's go with him again. I think that would be a mistake personally. And if I were to, you know, if that were to happen, I'd probably be jumping in on the Leafs as soon as that happens. But um, overall, I, I mean, I think it's pretty accurately priced game. I will be in attendance tonight. I'm heading down to the arena later on. So you can actually upgrade the Penguins in this game because based <laughs> off of my track record at Leafs games, uh, the visiting team seems to fare really well. But um, I, I mean, I, I think these are two teams where panic mode has has hit their, their fan base at some point in the season so far. The Leafs have responded to it, picked up five or six points against three very good teams. Um, they're playing another good team, in my opinion, despite what the record is. Pittsburgh, I think, will right the ship. I really do at some point. I mean, I do like the lineup top to bottom. They do need to get consistent goaltending. Um, but I, I, I just feel like you look at their expected goal share five on five this year, it would be not indicative of any team that um, should be, you know, have a record like this. I mean, it's 53.5% expected goals five on five. They've, uh, you know, their expected goal differential is 4.3 this year, and they've actually been outscored. So, um, I, I think they'll write the ship eventually. I just hope it's not tonight as a Leafs fan. Yeah, and Andrew Dunn here in the comments saying uh, and tanking could would cost Hextall his job. Yeah, yeah I think sure. that's fair. And just a reminder, if you do want to uh, comment and have those comments read in real time to head over to the Edgework YouTube channel, drop a su- uh, subscribe, like this video, and then turn on those notifications so you get notified every single time that we go live. So- sorry, Zach, just to cut you off really quickly here. Um, one thing I didn't mention, the Leafs are reshuffling their lines again, as they have been prone to do. Michael Bunting just hasn't really had the effect this year that he did on the top line last year. I think he's now two goals, maybe six points in 14 games. Uh, Alex Kerfoot will be playing the wing on the um, Matthews and Marner line tonight. And he's out there at like plus 390 anytime goal scorer. I think I saw that at FanDuel. Yeah, yep. FanDuel has a 390. I think that's a pretty good price for a guy who's going to be playing alongside Marner. Um, you know how Marner is. He's always, you know, pass first, shot second. Uh, he will get ice time. So I think just I, I like to, to find guys who are elevated in spots, playing with good players, and back them at prices which are like, this is not consistent with what we would, this is, sorry, is consistent with what we would typically see a Kerfoot price being. So a market hasn't adjustment, adjusted all that uh, much. So I like Kerfoot anytime goal scorer plus 390 in this spot. Yeah, that's a solid look, especially when you talk about guys getting elevated in the line. The books don't really catch up uh, to to seeing who's on the on the top line, who's getting power play minutes, uh, you know, added so you can grab some good uh, bargain values with them. So we will track that on the Edgework Bet Stamp accounts. And if you want to follow along with all the plays Monday through Friday, you can find them on there in the marketplace on the Bet Stamp app underneath Edgework. So make sure you go over there, drop a follow, and then you will get notified every single time these plays are tracked. Moving on to the next game here tonight. We talked about Pittsburgh snapping their seven-game losing streak, and they do it against the Washington Capitals. And, of course, we get to focus on the Washington Capitals tonight going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Capitals in a similar position to Pittsburgh with a 6-7-2 record on the season, sixth in the Metropolitan, going up against Tampa Bay Lightning, 7-5-1 right now, fifth in the Atlantic. This is the first game of a back-to-back against each other. These teams will be playing again tomorrow night. Right now, I was looking, it said Vasilevsky and Kemper are both expected to start here tonight. Hadn't seen any changes uh, on that. 
both teams coming off a loss, Lightning coming off a loss to the Oilers. For me, I would think this would be more of an opportunity for the Lightning to respond coming off of the loss, coming off the loss to the Oilers. I think that was a spot they were looking at where they thought they should win. The Oilers in that game were actually coming off of a back-to-back against Tampa. I think Tampa might have a little bit of that uh, bounce-back factor where they're going to want this one a little bit more. Um, but... Rob, Tampa's obviously a team that's going to be in the playoffs uh, and going to be competitive this year. The Capitals are in a spot. It's a weird spot. They're going to be competing for a spot, but they are an older, slower team. You're looking at a situation where they've got guys who are out. They made some changes in the offseason. It hasn't necessarily panned out to this point. They're going to be staring down the barrel this year where they're going to need some wins. They're going to want to be in that position before they have to make any kind of drastic changes, potentially maybe even at the end of the season, if they don't decide to do so at the trade deadline. Is this a Capitals team that can turn it around or are we going to be looking at a Washington yard sale come off season? I wasn't high on them going into the year. They're obviously dealing with injuries now. I'm still not high on them. Um, I'm also not a high on Tampa. I will say that relative to market, we talked, you know, we talked about Tampa a couple times this year already on edge work and their lineup is just not as good as people realize. Like if you just look at it top to bottom, it's fine. You look at their metrics, underlying metrics this year, they've been very average. The great equalizer for them is obviously Vasilevsky who continues to be good uh, on a yearly basis. But, um, you know, I don't have John Carlson in my number tonight. I don't have Orlov in my number tonight. I'm expecting both of them to be out. In terms of the back-to-back, it is a little bit of a quirky one here because um, there's a, a gap in between. So they don't actually play again tomorrow night. They play again on Sunday. So right. because of that, I would expect that it is Vasilevsky and Kemper tonight. But I cannot bet Washington right now. Unless you offer me like a, a really good price on the Capitals, um, I, I can't bet them. Like they, they, they don't pass the eye test and their underlying metrics are poor as well. So this could be, um, I, I think the wheels could fall off quickly here, especially with the injuries that they have on the back end. Already a slow team, can't generate a mu- much offense. And now you start taking away players on the blue line. Um, it would be a Tampa or nothing. Am I enthused with the Tampa price? No, but I don't see the Capitals getting this right anytime soon, Alex. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and this feels like one of those games that could be kind of a, a close back and forth battle. Except neither team's impressive. I expected Tampa to kind of have a bit of a downturn early in the season. Think about how much hockey they've played over the last three, four years. You know, and like I said, missing pieces, obviously having to make moves, you know, having a couple of injuries as well. I, I just expect that. But I thought by now we would see a bit of a turnaround, you know, they look a little bit more like themselves. They're still taking some time to really kind of get back in, into frame and, and to focus as the kind of hockey team they are. They aren't playing with a lot of speed like like usual. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be working more on, on being efficient, passing the puck, working well in the neutral zone. Uh, and, and that's a way you can beat a slow team like Washington. So if I had to play a side, it would be Tampa. But I actually like the regulation spot here uh, going into the draw. I see Pinnacle has uh, plus 349. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two all four of the last meetings have been decided by one goal. Two of those have gone into overtime or shootout. So I can see this would be in a kind of close three-three uh, or two-two battle going past sixty minutes. I don't mind that look at all. Um, there's there's not a ton separating these two teams, and I could see them both trying to slog it up. Uh, I should note right now that John Carlson is in line rushes for practice, and Washington is taking a little bit of money because of that. Yes, so someone's pointed that out as well. So that's a big boost for them, obviously, on the back end. Orlov is with the extras, though, so Orlov's probably not playing. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I mean, you, now now you're boosting Washington's back end. It's more likely that this is an even game. Uh, I think that's a good look, Alex. All right, next game on the slate here: Sharks Stars. Uh, Sharks right now are three nine and three uh, three nine and three eighth in the Pacific. I think that's kind of where they had been expected ahead of the season. We knew that they weren't going to be that great of a team going up against the Dallas Stars, who to me have over. Uh, Performed above expectations a little bit so far to start this season. They're eight, four, and one, but in their last ten games, five, four, and one. So I think it's probably leveling out a little bit back to uh, back to where they would be throughout the course of the entire season. Sharks on a second night of a back to back, and they just lost to a struggling Blues team there last night. Alex, are the Stars right now in a position to just roll through a not so great Sharks team that's going to be tired coming off of back to back here? Yeah, definitely. And and this is a Stars team I, I was high on, and it's mostly because of Jake Ottinger and goal. I think he's arguably one of the, the top 10 goalies in this league, and he's just going to get better and better as, as time moves on. And this is a Dallas team. Like I said, that Central Division has just been completely flip-flopped. Everything we thought about it going into has been the opposite. You know, you see Colorado struggling, uh, Minnesota struggling, getting out to a, to a slow start. Teams like Chicago uh, and, and Winnipeg playing above expectation. But Dallas is kind of uh, to use that old Dennis Green line, you know, they are who we thought they were, uh, basically. And, and this spot here, like I said, San Jose, they're just, they're just awful. I mean, this, this is one of those games where Dallas can – I feel like they could just kind of name their score here. I might look at a, a Stars team total over, actually, in this spot. Is there so, any uh, – Rob, I was just going to ask, is there any way we see Eric Carlson playing on a different team by end of season this year? I think it's it's possible, um, especially with the start that he's had to the year. Definitely has a lot more jump in his legs. Has actually looked like a you know the offensive defenseman that we've expected to uh, him to be in years past. Um, I know James Reimer's confirmed for San Jose, Dallas. I could see this being a Wedgwood game, which there's hesitation for me there. Um, one thing I've noticed about San Jose all year long is that they are consistently underperforming their expected goals. So if we actually look at their expected goals this year, they're basically like they should be right around average in terms of the, the shot, the quality of, of chances they generate versus what they give up. They are 11.32 goals below expected this year. The only team worse in the league is the St. Louis Blues in terms of expectations. But my eye test does not, you know, it, it doesn't match up with that so i've always had trouble with the sharks over the course of this year um i just don't like laying big prices with dallas i don't think they're a team that i typically want to lay a big price with like there's certain teams in the league where they are favored big numbers i'll I'll, boston is one like i'm very comfortable when boston is laying a big price they seem to to win those games more regularly than not toronto is not one toronto loses his big favorites all the time dallas is a team to me that I just don't trust them enough yet to be laying prices in this type of range. So um, nothing for me in particular. If we were to get a, a Wedgwood game here, man, I'd probably hold my nose and bet San Jose plus one and a half. It would be ugly, but that's that's kind of the way I would look. Yeah, and Rob, and that, that's the reason why, you know, the beauty of, of looking at those team totals is that, you know, like I said, I like that three and a half, only laying a dollar twenty as opposed to trying to lay two dollars with Dallas. And then, okay, all you need is four goals. So if Wedgwood comes in, he gives up six, but you know, stars get their four, you, you cash the ticket. So that's that's a, a look I like to take when looking at some of those larger 
favorites if I don't feel that maybe they you know maybe this could be a back and forth battle or or like I said just the price is just way too high. I kind of try to look for those team total overs and just you know hope they can get their their share of the the goals. All right, last game here tonight. Um, we I included him in the thumbnail there. I was telling Rob before we came on here with this whole new blue check mark thing. It's kind of hard at this point to be following any of the news. You got to really do your due diligence in terms of what's real and what's not at this point. So it's kind of kind of being tough. But I did see a report this morning from a, from a hockey account, whether it's real or not. I was trying to uh, check and see if that was any had any factual uh, basis to it. But it was saying. Uh, Shane Wright had been elevated in skates uh, up to the second line. He was going to be given a shot there. I was trying to see if there was anything else, but this is a weird situation in in Seattle where they're sitting at eight, four, and two. They're third in the Pacific Division. They've got this guy that they drafted fourth overall. He's going in and out of the lineup. It's creating all these stories around surrounding the team, but they continue to do pretty well like they're in a pretty good spot they're performing kind of above expectation where i think a lot of people might have thought they would be near the bottom of the league to be sitting third in the pacific like that's pretty good for them where they'd like to be a competitive team night in night out where they're going up against a wild team who's in a weird spot where they're in a dire situation because of these contracts that they've bought out with Suter and parise they're going to be facing a basically cap hell over the next little bit and they're kind of in a win now position, but they've been sitting at six, six, and one. They're fifth in the central. This wild team, it's not been great for them. But the Kraken sitting at eight, four, and one. Rob, like, what do we make of this? What do we make of this Kraken team right now? How do you evaluate what they've done? Well, they're they're a little bit overrated in my mind. And this is not like I thought Seattle could be a contender this year, but they're shooting thirteen point eight percent right now on the season. Like that's not going to continue over the course of the entire year. This is actually complete opposite of last year, if you remember, where they couldn't score goals. They were getting yeah. lots of good looks. Yeah. So like water is going to find its level at some point and their shooting percentage is going to come down. How long is is Martin Jones going to be a serviceable goalie for? I mean, he looks fine right now. He's on actually on a really good run where he's, you know, but he we have this huge sample of him from so many years where he was a dud, like he was a, a garbage goalie. So I don't know how much longer it's going to last. The uh, the Kraken to me are like, they're fine. They're just like a fine team. They're in the mix. They'll give some good teams some trouble here and there. But I, I think they have overachieved so far this year. I do think that, I mean, once this winning streak comes up, they will probably go into a little bit of a slide just because I don't think that what they're doing is consistently sustainable here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you on that. Like I said, in, in Minnesota, there's a team that's been underperforming uh, early this year. Marc-Andre Fleury has struggled, especially struggled at home, if you look at the home roads. And, and that's so interesting because Minnesota, for years and years, have been a much better home team than road team. But it seems like they've been kind of been able to get things rolling a little bit uh, away from St. Paul. In the last few games, they you know finally get on the on the board again, win four one in that last contest against against Anaheim. I think this might be one of those games that starts off a bit fast. Uh, we saw that with Seattle a, a couple nights ago where they played against Nashville, getting a bunch of goals uh, on, on UC Soros. I like this first period overlook. I know BetMGM has uh, minus a dollar forty one and a half. I think that's a, a good price here uh, for two teams that like I said, really need to get the offense rolling and want to establish the tempo early. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. Like I, I'm looking at full game over six and a half at plus money. And I think that that's a pretty solid bet. 
I don't think you're going to get like, we know we're going to get below average goaltending in the long run out of the goalies that are possible for this game. There's a chance, I guess, that Gustafson would start for Minnesota. I think they'll probably go back to Flurry here and we see a Flurry Jones game, but mm-hmm. Flurry has not been good this season overall. Um, I think, you know, he's one that I've particularly watched. He just doesn't look like the same goalie either. Like lateral movement is not the same as what it used to yep. be. Um, and honestly, Minnesota's offense is going to get it together at some point. Like Minnesota is the complete opposite of Seattle right now. Minnesota's shooting 7.79%. There's only four teams in the league worse, worse than that. And you look up and down the lineup, they have way more shooting talent than that. So I do think that they're going to right the ship eventually. And if we do recall back the last year, like Minnesota was a like a dead nut over team, right? Um, for a lot of last season, especially. Um, I, I do think that they get back to that at some point. Um, tonight might be the start of it, but two teams that play fast, in my opinion, generate a lot of chances offensively, can really cycle the puck well in the offensive zone um, and, and and lead to a lot of high danger scoring chances that particularly, I mean, both these teams. So um, I like the first period overlook. I like the full game over as well. Six and a half uh, plus 100. All right. Uh, but uh, let's get into our best bets here. If you have any remaining that we haven't kind of discussed already, I do have one in that Minnesota game there. You're talking about teams that are going to be going high, uh, high flying offenses, uh, high powered offenses, generating chances. The one I found was Kirill Kaprizov over three and a half shots on goal. You can find that at plus 100 right now on a bunch of different books. So make sure you line shop for that one because you can find that one all the way down to minus 135 at still at over three and a half shots on goal. So that was one that I had. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. Is there any left that you have not uh, talked about, whether it be player props or just individual games uh, that you want to get into? Well, you know, you mentioned Kaprizov uh, for the Wild. I had a, a play on him the other night getting to get a goal at plus 120. I, I figured after the match game, uh, the match uh, penalty he's had against L.A. and then only had to pay a fine, didn't miss the Anaheim game, I figured he would kind of come out guns blazing. So I, I like him as a look uh, to get a goal. I'm seeing plus 130 at MGM. I think he's going to be a guy who you know might start getting hot. He's going to be the catalyst for that offense to turn around moving forward. But uh, no, as far as best bet, like I said, that first period over in that game is one that I really like. Uh, I think that's a, a decent price. Uh, obviously, it's hard to find one and a half these days, but especially in the range of laying a dollar forty. So, uh, wild and cracking first period over, that'd be my best bet. Rob, is there any other player props uh, or anything that you want to get into here? Um, not so nothing that I haven't talked about yet for tonight's games. But seeing as how we only have four games tonight, I bet a future this morning that I'm just going to throw out there right now. But Connor Hellebuck to win the Vesna is still basically 15 to 1 or higher everywhere across wow. the board. And the Jets are 8-3-1. and one. I don't think highly of the Jets. I think at some point they will fall off. But if the Jets make the playoffs, it's very likely going to be on the backs of Connor Hellebuck. And if you look at that race right now, Shesterkin is a, still a big favorite. I don't know why. Uh, Ottinger's up there. I get it. But potential injury issues. Sorokin, like... Hellebuck is in the same position as these other teams, especially like a guy like Sorokin, where the Islanders are coming on. Hellebuck's numbers, goal save above expected. He's now up to third in the league behind Hart and Sorokin. Um, I think that's a good bet, man. 15 to one for a guy that is like a proven, proven pedigree. We've known him as a good goalie for a long time. It would be hard for voters to ignore him if the Jets do get to the playoffs this year. So 15 to one widely available. I think that's a pretty bad price. All right, there you have it. 
Rob's future bet, Connor Hellebuck, 15-1 to 1, uh, to win the Vesna. This has been the Friday edition of Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. You can find all of our content on thehammer.bet. And if you want more of our hockey content, make sure to subscribe to the Edgework YouTube channel as well as following us on Twitter at Edgework Show. You can find us every morning, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on the Edgework YouTube channel, so make sure to go over there to subscribe, turn on notifications so you get notified every single time that we go live, and you can follow all of the picks that we make here on this show on the BetStamp app in the marketplace underneath Edgework, so make sure to go over there as well and throw a follow to get notified in real time. Guys, thank you so much for today. Good luck on your bets here tonight, and uh, I will see you guys next Friday.